welcome back to Identity Architects, the podcast that's designed to spotlight pioneers in our industry who are changing the way the data is used to drive more engaging data-driven experiences. I'm your host, Ben Cicchetti, and for this episode, our Senior Director of Customer Success, Amy Tranter, had the opportunity to chat with Stephen Shepard, Media Strategy and Partnerships Director at Dunhumby, to discuss retail media, a customer-first approach, collaboration, and much, much more. Before I hand it over to Amy, just a reminder, hit that subscribe button so you know when the latest episodes of Identity Architects lands. But without any further delay, here's Amy's chat with Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Lovely to have you here with us on our Identity Architects podcast. For those that are listening, I've got Stephen Shepard with me here, who's a Media Strategy and Partnership Director at Dunhumby. How are you? I'm very good, Amy. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to be here. For anyone who doesn't know you, can you give us a quick intro to yourself and Dunhumby, who you are and what you do? Certainly. So um, I'm Media Strategy and Partnerships Director at Dunhumby. What that means is myself and my team work with different retailers, including obviously Tesco UK, um, and we look at different areas of media. So it could be on-site, off-site, store media, CRM, and within that, thinking about things like insight, um, measurement, targeting, etc. So we work across all the different functions, and what we want to do is build a customer-first view of media that we can implement with a retailer. Um, in terms of myself, I've been at Dunhamby a fair time now, so I've been here for 14 years. I started as a client director, so um, very much um, selling retail media, probably before it was called retail media. So I used to work on Tesco.com, um, Tesco Magazine, and Tesco Club Card. And I'd work with lots of different suppliers and agencies um, selling different campaigns. So I've got kind of a, a, good, a good knowledge of the uh, retail ecosystem. In terms of Dunhumby, for those that don't know, um, our mission is very much around data science and helping retailers and brands understand their customers better. And it has been since I joined. Um, and our purpose is very much around people's lives, so helping um, businesses engage with customers as individuals, which, again, is a really relevant topic at the present time. Um, a few facts and figures. Um, so. We have over 32 years experience um, driving business transformation using customer data. Um, we partner with about 70 to 80 retailers of the world, and we have um, about 1,000 CPGs that we work with. So a, a pretty sizable footprint. Um, and I think finally, and we'll hear a lot about it probably as a, in our conversation, but we're very much focused on customer data science. So. We're very much a data science business with the ethos of customer first. So, yeah, that's a brief intro. Hopefully that makes sense. That's a great intro. I can't wait to learn more. It sounds like you're very busy on a day to day. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that for us. So we're going to start off with a few quick fire questions and then we're going to move into some longer, more uh, deeper questions. So I'm going to start with, what is your earliest memory of advertising or marketing? Yeah, so I obviously had a little think about this because I saw some of the questions beforehand. Um, in the 80s, I'm, I'm a big Middlesbrough football um, 
club van. Um, I got my first season ticket with my dad, um, and they were sponsored by a company called Heritage Hampers. So as I kind of reflected, I was thinking, Heritage Hampers, never bought a Heritage Hamper. I did Google to see where they're actually based, and it looks like they're based in Cork Island. Um, but yeah, that's that's my first memory. Not that I'm a loyal customer, but um, it shows, obviously, football uh, jersey marketing did work in my case. If you did want to buy that jersey, I had a look on eBay. It's um, £102. So there you go. And uh, obviously, good value as well uh, if you invested in jerseys back in the 80s. Wow. Excellent. That was quite an impactful ad then, it sounds like, if you remembered that impact. Well, it was it was the uh, shirt sponsorship, so I was maybe a bit left field there, but hopefully that makes uh, some good sense to everyone. Yeah, there's no right and wrong. We like to hear all these different examples. What was your first job in either advertising or marketing? Cool. So um, I spent quite a few years in Asia, so I was a teacher and I actually worked in the university in China. So I spent a few years then when I came back to the UK, and my first job was with a company called Frontline, um, who are a magazine distributor. And I used to work in a department called the CCU, which was the Central um, Circulation Unit. So quite a snappy title there. Um, and I used to work on a software called SPSS, which is an IBM business intelligence. And basically, my initial job was looking at all the covers of magazines and trying to identify trends within the marketplace. So it could be on Heat, or it could be Closer, or Grazia, or FHM. And I would basically build these models in SPSS and try and understand what was um, happening with customers. Just um, a kind of uh, a spoiler alert, actually, um, for Grazia, it was always Victoria Beckham at that stage was uh, incredibly impactful. So I guess it was an early form of econometrics, but I didn't seem to call it that back then. So, yeah, that, that was kind of on my reflect- start, I guess. Yeah, on reflection, early style of econometrics, love that. It's really, really, data really is truly in your core. Knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself when you started your career? I think it's probably a, a common answer, but I think it's try and do what you really enjoy and you're passionate about and you're interested in. Um, passion is a Dunhamby value, and it's certainly one that... Um, I reflect on a lot and um, really think is important. And I think that's it. You know, a lot of the jobs I've had through my career, I've been lucky enough to really enjoy. So it's not just about, you know, earning money actually is the passion there. So try and do what really interests you. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the right advice personally. And so following on from that, what do you love about what you do right now in the industry that you're in? So I think it's the purpose, right? Um, so we're, we're in a data industry, but why, why do we do this? I think the purpose that we have at Dunhumby, which is about improving lives, so helping businesses engage with customers as individuals. So again, as we kind of evolve as a business and retail media, retail media is perfectly positioned, I think, to think about the customer and put the customer at the center of everything you're doing it's not just about showing ads or reach it's actually showing relevant ads and using that data in a way that benefits the customer so i i think personally that's the thing that really inspires me is with everything we do how do we make it customer first yeah i completely agree with that i think it's important to have the why of what we do like you said the purpose so 
yeah, thank you for sharing that. I completely agree. Not not everybody has worked that out. So I think it's lovely to hear from people in this area what they're doing to kind of shed some inspiration on that as well. Are you ready for the next one? So I'm ready. Within advertising, we're obsessed with the concept of identity, the ability to identify individuals across devices and platforms. But how would you explain the term identity to a 10-year-old? And yeah, again, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. And um, it, I think it comes back to the question before to a certain degree, because I, I have an 11-year-old. And if I reflect on kind of how she consumes media, what she does, it's not about data and it's not about identity. To her, it's about intuition. And it comes back to that purpose about how brands engage and, and how do you communicate? Because if she goes on to the different apps she uses, so, so it could be Roblox, it could be Netflix, actually that's already happening, right? So when we say, how do you explain it to a 10-year-old, they're already living in that world. And it's actually probably, our, well, my generation anyway, that are learning to a certain degree about how we interact in that space. So it's intuitive, it's around data science, it's around relevancy. And I think lots of 10-year-olds probably are just used to that kind of engagement with digital environments. Yeah, that makes sense. So almost raising awareness of what's happening already. Yeah. So, so I think you, you could just go back to the point of pretty much 90% of what she does, even at school, you know, when you're using Google Classroom, there'll be recommendations, there'll be things that to a certain degree, you know, make her life easier or help her in certain ways if i mean if it's leisure time and it's netflix obviously you're getting recommendations on netflix i think if you talk to the real world as to what's happening right now that resonates a lot with the younger generation yeah so a slight shift from that question to what keeps you awake at night yeah this i think this again ties back to one of the previous questions so in retail media there's so much you could do it's vast so when you think about the store environment scan as you shop all the innovation that's coming through digital signage when you think about off-site so obviously work with info some itv channel 4 there's just so much you could do and the bit here is actually what what you what could you do versus what should you prioritize so i think it's not something that i would lose sleep over but it's certainly the thought process of all the things that you want to prioritize and which do you do first and why do you do it and how do you scale because again if you want to be successful that's what you need to do yeah it's almost the world of infinite possibilities is exciting but also how do we guide and share learnings as we go yeah if uh, yeah i think again if you think of a retail retail media or what a retailer has you can think of the funnel and in reality you've got performance at the bottom of the funnel a retailer has that so they'll have sponsored product ads but actually as as the retail media networks expand you move into ctv you move into what historically is at the very top of the funnel and that's quite a unique scenario i think that we haven't really seen that before when you've seen google or they've been very focused on one area but actually retail media touches every area in, in Dunhumby we talk about sofa to stall so again 
a retailer will have customers coming in the store, but actually the engagement with a retailer is it through apps or different, you know, communication. So historically it could have been through mailings. You're talking to the customer on a regular basis and you're talking through the funnel. So I think that's the prioritization piece and actually understanding how do you really scale and we work with different sized retailers. So again, someone who's got a lot of scale and a lot of capacity will, you know, focus on various initiatives. If you're a smaller retailer, then obviously you need to prioritize and focus on the ones that bring the most value to you, the customer and the advertiser. You might have already answered this one, but I was going to say, what gets you motivated in the morning? Um, so for the, for my 14 years at Dunhumby, we've had the same values, which are courage, passion, collaboration, curiosity, and customer first. And I think when you start kind of analyzing what you're doing in a business, actually, if it aligns to those values, then you're doing something good. And certainly managing a team and working with different stakeholders in the business, that's um, those are kind of the areas that really motivate me. It's around people. It's around getting the best out of people and making sure that they're, you know, enjoying their work and delivering against those values, which um, is, is a big part of, I'd say, why I've been at Dunhumby for 14 years, because definitely um, buy into kind of the values and really, hopefully I uh, live by those values as well. Nice. Thank you. If there was a song that was a soundtrack to your life, what would it be? Okay, so I had to think about it. It's, it's a difficult one, this question, I thought. But then I, I kind of thought, in terms of what I've done over the years and kind of where I've worked, etc. So I, I spent four years living in Japan. So a lot of Japanese, um, you know, society centers around karaoke. That's a great leisure pursuit in Japan. So obviously, I spent a fair bit of time myself in a different karaoke establishment. So I thought kind of who's resonated over that time and actually so one of the songs actually is in Lucky Voice if you're familiar with that karaoke uh, place in uh, in London but um, there's a song called Sukiyaki by um, Q Sakamoto um, and basically I'd say he is this is the like standard of all Japanese karaoke so not sure it's the soundtrack of my life but certainly you know many times I've uh, sang Sukiyaki um, so on karaoke or with various musical instruments as well. So I'm going to go with Sukiyaki by Q Sakamoto. I genuinely, that is the most thorough thought out answer to that question I have personally witnessed. I'm not going to admit to doing karaoke, but I do know of this song. So yeah, I can relate. There, to there that. you go. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the Elvis Presley or the Beatles of Japan. So if you haven't heard it, I'm sure you have, but um, you just didn't realize it. So have a Google of Sukiyaki by Q Sakamoto, and I'm sure you'll uh, like it. Great. Thank you, Stephen. These are your quick fire questions done. We are now going to move into some topic related questions. Again, I think we've expanded on quite a lot of stuff already. But the first one is you've recently announced your partnership with ITV, one of the biggest UK broadcasters, which is pretty exciting. Can you tell us a bit more about the what, why, and how of that? Um, so what, I think, with ITV and Tesco, you have, you know, two great um, businesses in the UK. Um, why? Um, 
because we're always looking for great partners to scale. And I think it comes back to the prioritization point of view that we want to deliver really good messaging to customers that's relevant and ITV have similar objectives. So we have good alignment there. Um, and how? Well, for us, it's about the right message, the right customer and the right time. So that's what we're aiming to deliver. And that's obviously what we're running the current soft launch and obviously we'll move into a full launch um, later in the year. So really exciting. You know, one of the, it's been brilliant working with InfoSum in that space um, and something that I'd say will deliver for everyone. So we often talk about win, win, win at Dunhumby, which is about winning for the customer, winning for the retailer and winning for the advertiser or the CPG. And this definitely delivers against those three areas. Win, win, win. I like that. May have yes, to borrow indeed. it. Absolutely. It's a nice Venn diagram as well. So it, it sits nicely on the PowerPoint or whatever. Uh, Adaptable. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So first party data is an integral part of the marketing strategies of today and tomorrow. What things would you recommend every brand, advertiser and publisher does in 2023 to prepare for the future? What are some of the challenges you faced while working on your future-proof strategy for first-party data era? Gosh, a big question. So what would be your recommendations and what challenges have you faced whilst future-proofing your strategy? I think this is... um... It's it's an interesting topic, but I think obviously Google with the various announcements around the deprecation of the cookie have kind of, to a certain degree, obviously probably unintentionally, but really helped the industry have some significant thoughts and develop strategies. And particularly in the retail sector, I think the retail sector is in a really strong position, you know, as you move towards cookie-less and um, the marketplace is there because you have the closed-loop e- ecosystem that um, advertisers can work in. So I would say this is something on the Dunhumby and probably lots of other retailers have been preparing for for some time. Um, So I think uh, in reality, a lot of retailers and obviously working with the likes of Infosum um, are getting into a really good position that as Cookieless comes into being, there are solutions already in market ready to go. So, Yes, there's challenges, but I think the industry's now had such a long time to think about it that particularly in retail, I think most people are in quite a good position to kind of answer those questions for CPGs and agencies. That's such a good point. I think in for some we see those that are brave and those that just don't quite know how to start yet. And I think you make a really good point that you know, we've had some experience, we've had some learnings. It's not about moving first now. It's about assessing the landscape and then moving, you know, when you're ready. So I think that's a really nice thing to highlight for those that perhaps haven't got started yet, but are listening to the podcast. So thank you for sharing. Our industry is all about consumers and their needs, as you've spoken about so far. Without the consumer, there would be no business. That includes data privacy and the shift away from third-party cookies. What are some of the challenges you see in the industry as a result of these changes? So I, I would go back to customer first. So 
I think if you're adopting a customer mindset, you have to think, what is it that's good for the customer? Um, I think the challenge in the industry is actually not necessarily taking the easy option, which could be about, you know, lots of advertising, saturating, whether it's a website or a store with advertising, but making it relevant and making it focused on the customer, which may not be the easiest option, but actually it's the one that will, you know, your customers, I would assume will, and we have obviously evidence to back this up that, you know, if you're delivering customer first and relevant targeted um, solutions, that's what your customer will engage with. And to be honest, if we go back to the 10 year old example, probably will expect, um, and working in that way. So it becomes around the customer and it's not just about delivering, whether it's media revenues or other objectives, make it about the customer, I think is the key area. Yeah, I agree. And um, how does that look specifically for Dunhumber? I know we've touched on this a little bit already, but that customer first perspective, are you able to give us some examples? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would center this around test and learn. So when you're doing something, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you're bringing in different forms of data science or different ways of communicating to the customer, how do you test that and ensure that when you're building that hypothesis that this media will work in a customer first way, that is actually the truth. So again, it's not just relying on things that we say, it's actually getting the evidence, testing. And I think there's this piece of rent again around retail media where you can think, right, we've done, let's say, um, so let's say we've done the CTV integration for ITV and it's fine, it works, the pipes work, everything's great. Actually, how are you continuously developing that? Um, within Dunhumby, we have different algorithms. We're looking at different ways of communicating with customers, whether it's based on their historic data or future data, understanding, you know, what's their propensity to different products, what will engage them. So, so getting around that kind of detail and making sure that you're always trying to improve the offering, no matter what channel or what area um, you're working in. Yeah, that's great. Test and learn. I love that. I might borrow that with a few more clients, if you don't mind. No, no, absolutely. And, and it works across uh, all environments, right? So there's obviously digital. But again, if you're in the store environment, you know, you can have a control of 10 stores. And certainly as we work with stores, so thinking of things like digital signage or scan as you show, actually, you have a great opportunity as a retailer to test you know different ways of engaging with customers and getting immediate feedback from the customer but also understanding the wider kind of data points of how they've engaged yeah it's almost the cycle of data it's some people think there's data to use how will we use it but i think what you're talking about there is almost the circular fashion of how do you just keep updating that data and reusing it you, you've described one of our, I guess, one of our stock slides, which is we think about customer engagement first. So how are you engaging with the customer? And then actually, how does that drive media? So the media needs to be cyclical. If the media is just there to drive revenue and it's not improving the customer experience, then th that's not, not where you want to be. You want to be growing your customers 
and obviously growing media at the same time. So yeah, definitely uh, aligned on that one. Amazing. Looking at the year ahead, what does it have in store, no pun intended, and what big things can be expected from Dunhumby? Um, it's obviously exciting year with Infosum. We're in a, you know, a beta phase, um, a soft launch with ITV, so that that's really exciting for us, and obviously we look to scale that. Um, within Tesco Media and Insights platform, we have lots of different areas that we're currently working on, so that could be off-site, so um, different CTV providers, as we've discussed, but it could be we have a partnership with Pinterest, with different DSPs, with Trade Desk, for example, so we are scaling in that way. And we have a platform that kind of brings that all together. Um, on site, again, expect to see lots in sponsored product ads. From our perspective, it's very much about lining with data science. So making sure that when we're showing sponsored products, um, that actually, you know, they're relevant to the customer on Tesco.com. Store, there, there's a lot happening with store. So historically, store was seen as, you, you know, printed point of sale or different areas you know, digital signage is exploding. So we're certainly working in that space. And you'll see if you go into your local Tesco, no doubt, um, some of the, the work that's happening around the store. Um, also, scan as your shop. Um, CRM, so we've recently, um, you know, relaunched the Tesco app. So now when you're doing your shop, you've got grocery and club card together there. So um, some really interesting things happening with CRM. And then again thinking about actually how you activate these channels so i'm um, thinking about the insights so dunhumby you know our core is insight so there's different areas we're looking at insight activation and then measurement as well so looking at that closed loop e ecosystem so again lots lots to uh, keep uh, myself and uh, my colleagues awake at night but um yeah that's that's kind of a, a whistle stop tour of uh, where we see the next year Thank you. Excited to see where that goes to. You are going to be busy. So we've got a couple of final last questions. Um, what do you want or need to say that you haven't already mentioned? Anything you want to add? Um, I think it's the conversation, right? So, and, and lots of these are happening already, whether it's with agencies and CPGs, but every, you know, retail media is, if you go on LinkedIn, pretty much every other post is talking about retail media or certainly mine is maybe that's just the algorithm um but having those conversations there isn't a right or wrong answer yet for retail media but it is you know a scale in industry and the way to work through is collaboration so again don't have value but um that piece of working with agencies cpgs and making sure you're driving towards those um, outcomes and I think as part of our conversation we kind of talked about the different areas whether it's performance or upper funnel advertising actually the conversation happens across brand trade performance trade marketing teams shopper marketing teams actually bringing that all together I think is is the big conversation of the next year because every uh, CPG and agency is talking about that I would say Great, thank you. So this podcast, thank you for joining, is all about individuals who have pioneered new ways to use data to deliver better customer experiences. So when you look at the people you admire in the industry, 
Who would you nominate for us to interview in an upcoming episode? So I think this is uh, an easy one. Um, I think Jay, so I think we're both uh, good friends with Jay at um, ITV. So definitely I'd uh, be keen to hear Jay on the uh, podcast in the next couple of weeks slash months. That's great. Thank you. Stephen, thank you so much for doing this with us today. It's been fascinating. I've, I'm definitely going to borrow a few of your recommendations and insights. Thank you so much for your time um, and look forward to working with you more in the future. Good luck with the journey this year. Indeed. Same to you. Thank you very much for the invite. Thanks again to Stephen for joining us on Identity Architects. It was fascinating to learn more about Dunhumby, and as a marketer, I loved the focus on brand purpose. The sentence that stood out to me was, in everything we do, how do we make it customer first? I love that. All that leaves for me to do is to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode of Identity Architects lands. But until then, thanks for listening.